What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This is my baby. And these two were just along riding my carpet, my carpet tail. Kevin Sherrington. I did not choose the dance life. It chose me. Barry Horn. You know what my intention When's the last time that anybody has ever asked you a question? No one's ever asked me a question. I'm married. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Balls. I'm Kevin Sherrington. And I'm Barry Horn. Simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. I am Barry Horn, and we have a two guests in studio. Two guests in the studio. This is a record. This is a Ballsy record. <laughs> this is a record. For, re- for and good I'm, reason. And, yeah, and, here, and here's the thing. This, this is the most we could ever have because we only have four microphones in here. Well, we, can, we can get more microphones. We can? can? This is the Dallas Morning News, man. We could, if we wanted to have 20 people. We could have a Fab have Five the, in here. We could have the Mormon Tabernacle Choir in here if we wanted that would be an upgrade. That would be an upgrade. <laughs> Joining us in the studio, we have with us our our uh, our cowboy our, insider, our cowboy insider David Moore, uh, and we also have with us in the studio Jonathan Williams, uh, a junior at the University of North Texas, who is a broadcast major and is shadowing uh, the podcast today. Is he shadowing the podcast or is he shadowing you? Well, I'm going to say the, the the podcast, but you are the podcast. Because here, here was the thing, very right? unselfish. Yeah, very unselfish. John, let's talk. You know, when he first said he wanted, how many to do other this, options did you list first before well, you had to settle for this? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Here, here's what I said: is that that's a legitimate question. First of all, he was he wanted to know if he could shadow me, and I said, well, you know, it's going to be really boring because I because most of the time I work out of the house, so you're, you're going to sit around and watch me writing on my uh, laptop. It's not very exciting. So I said, much better to come and do this, do the podcast. Absolutely, and and. and and sitting on the other side of the table for us are two North Texas. Uh, yeah, both the UNT exactly. alums. How about that? About what thirty years apart? Slightly party? different errors. So, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and Jonathan's thinking, is this how I end up? You know, he's looking over to his right now. Thinking, he's going back and he's, go, he's going back and transfer. He could get a, bi- a business degree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be in journalism. Yeah, broadcast journalism. Let me just say it's I have four children. Uh, two graduate from college. Two in college now. All business majors. That's he's going to go back to Denton and go. Who is David Moore? He <laughs> <laughs> said he went here. Yeah, that's right. They're going to go look it up. They'll, 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 f- they'll find those clips. They'll find the yellowing the clips. Yell- the, those, the clips that when you open the, the remember the clips you'd go to and the clips and you turn the page and you break the paper. Yeah. Yes. That's what would happen. That's what would happen. So David, you're here. Let's talk cowboy free agency. Okay, tell us Barry. About, tell us about all the all the signings. <laughs> All the signings to this point. There yeah. was a trade. There was a fullback trade. Oh yeah, for his special team, right? Yeah, well, I, I, well, but I, yeah, he didn't get his eight eight snaps per game is basically about what they used the, the fullback in this offense. So, <laughs> but a cheaper option. But they also lost a fifth round pick. They yeah. exchanged picks. They uh, moved back about twenty two spots or something. But but they, I mean, they had to. They need a fullback in this scheme. But they, that's they lost in this deal. They they got the fullback that Oakland did not want. The cow they sure. took the Cowboys fullback, so they got a lesser fullback, and they had to cough up a fifth round draft pick and get a, a lesser fullback for lesser money. So yeah. they, so they don't have to pay as much money. How, I mean, this much, guy has one year left on his contract, like one 
1.1, I think. Uh, Keith Smith signed for like 4.2 over two years. 4.2? Over two years. Over two years. Yeah, right. over two. Right. But, so but again, like as a far as the year. money is yeah. guaranteed. Yeah. Right. But, but, but still, uh, they, reduced, they reduced what it would have cost to keep Keith Smith by about $500,000. So they did – they got a lesser player – but it's a lesser player who does eight to ten snaps a game at about five to six hundred thousand less, and you pay less for a sixth round pick than you do a fifth round pick. So right. it's a little extra money. Is there. he a, is he a big special team player? Do they expect him? To- oh yeah, yeah, He'll, yeah. He he was on part of all three special teams in Oakland, and, and actually he was on the Cowboys practice squad when Oakland picked him up several years ago. So also, he, you and system. We're full of you and yeah. alums here. Yeah. You know, that's right. Amazing. How about that? <laughs> Amazing stuff. What, what about the re-signing for one year for, of LP? Is is how big? How big a deal is that? Well, it's pretty big when you consider here's a guy who's played in the league for what 14 years and has never had an errant snap. I mean, no missed kick. I don't think people should bring that up. Has ever been contributed to him? I mean, it hasn't been even the Tony Romo. That I was totally completely on Tony okay. Tony Romo. That was. Well, you're trying to get him. Good point. Trying I'm trying to, to mention Tony Romo. Trying to, trying to hanging around LP. No, I'm trying, I'm trying to mention Tony Romo because I know the boss is upstairs. Though. There'll be a headline on that. They talked about Tony Romo. <laughs> LP Latisseur, who we're talking about there, and uh, and he's been there 14 years. I think only Jason, Jason Witten has same been. Class. Yeah. Has they been, were actually came in the same year. So, yeah. 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 And, uh, but the other thing on that was they were concerned. You were talking about, uh, again, Keith Smith left, left for Oakland. Uh, Kyle Willeber, another special team specialist, left for Oakland. Um, they there was some concern that they were going to lose LP Latasseur right uh, to Oakland because that's what you know. Uh, again, their special teams coach moved from Dallas to Oakland, and so you Rich know, bring him along, yeah, bring him along too. But they signed someone else the other day. As soon as they signed him, they went okay. Well, we better go ahead and, and lock up Latasseur and, and did that for another year. So. So, boy, we've got all the special teams just buzzing uh, around <laughs> Dallas. And meanwhile, uh, everybody else is trading for impact players, uh, getting – What they hope will be impact well, players. Well, like some of these teams are, have traded for some pretty good players and, and linebackers who have really uh, had quite a, a reputation. The Cowboys have a little bit of a hole there at linebacker. They have not pursued any. Uh, they lost one, obviously, in Anthony Hitchens. Um, a good one. A good one. They have this week, as you've reported, they've had, uh, they're supposed to have, they may have already had the uh, up to three offensive linemen in and maybe two or three wide receivers. Do you expect any of those players to find a home here in Dallas? Well, now it's up to four wide receivers four because wide receivers. Uh, Deontay Thompson, uh, the Buffalo receiver and kick returner, who they said earlier in the week they had no intentions of bringing in, he is now coming in and he may be out there right now. So they're. They're bringing four receivers. Um, I was told earlier in the week they, they could actually – they were thinking about signing at least two of them, right. a, a speed guy, and then a, a, another guy who was, you know, just not necessarily a speed guy, but a guy who was an outstanding route runner. Um, but now this is going to depend on how much they wind up paying there. This was before Alan Hearns, the Jacksonville uh-huh. wide receiver, was put on the market. He would command a higher price if they go with him, and I think he's the best – wide receiver in free agency at this stage Still, yeah um he would command a price where i don't see them going paying for two wide receivers but but look this also does not preclude them taking a wide receiver pretty high in the draft I, they're still going to do that and uh, i'll go back to a couple of years ago when uh dallas took alfred morris in free agency and a lot of people went well there's no way they take ezekiel elliott now 
that's exactly what they did. Um, and you can play more receivers than you can play yeah, running absolutely. backs. So uh, there's no doubt in my mind that they will also take a receiver in the first three rounds of the draft, regardless of what they do here in free agency. Now, Jonathan Cooper's gone too, right? Yeah, he left yesterday for San Francisco. So have we moved on? Wait, wait, this is what wait. you always do. We said one thing about right. wide receivers. Wait, this we is a question even, I meant to ask we David. We didn't even move on, and you've already moved on to the offensive line. Here's a question I meant to ask David last week when you oh, were on That's how quickly his mind works. <laughs> my, when you yeah. were, now, now he's gone back to last week. Now, not, it's not, <laughs> now it's not even like from no. wide receiver to offensive line. Now we're back to like a week ago. All right, ago. go ahead. Go ahead. ADD here. No, you forgot what it was going to be. No, I forgot my question. question now. Let's kind of pursue this wide receiver thing a little bit. Oh, and we could bring, oh, cuz you 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 want to get in the Des Bryant. Well, cuz uh, cuz so. Jonathan wanted to talk about this. With all these wide receivers coming in. Now, cuz bearing in mind they are they still have under contract everybody, right? At this point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, to when you're talking Well, except well Bryce Butler is not. Well, he Bryce won't be Butler. coming back. So you have one. So you had six wide receivers, you have technically one opening. Yeah. Um, but you can have performances and competition where someone gets beaten out you certainly can so uh let's go over the list of wide receivers that you had uh that have reported this week that they are bringing in besides alan hearns who is from jackson or we played at jacksonville six three big guy yeah uh and uh and had a a couple years ago had a pretty good year had uh had over a thousand yards receiving and had uh, ten touchdown catches. Now he's not done as much since then. He's been hurt, hurt di- a couple of a different injuries. I believe he's had missed eleven games over the last two years. Uh, but he is twenty six. Uh, again, he's a big guy, not necessarily a speed guy. And I think most people look at him now. General managers around the league look at him and go, "Well, you know what? He's a nice number two receiver." Or if you have an outstanding receiver core, even a number three receiver. But uh, if you sign Alan Hearns, you're bringing him in here, and Terrence Williams is going to have to compete to, to keep that number two receiving job. And here's the other thing, too. Uh, you know, a lot of times it's about, you know, moving people over to where they really should be. Um, if Terrence Williams is your third receiver, uh, haven't you really upgraded your receiving core? Yeah. And, and isn't that. And based on what we've seen the last couple of years, is that not maybe what he should be, a third receiver? So yeah. uh, you do Alan Hearns, I, I think there's a good chance that uh, that, that, that happens. That um, and, you, you know, and, and what would a guy like him come in? Now, he, his cap hit, I believe, in Jacksonville was only like $3.5 last year. But, of course, he's going to get a considerable Well, but they price. cut him because to save $7 million, um, you know, that, that they were going to owe him. Uh, you know, it's interesting because they went and – they let him go, in essence, to go with Dante Moncrief from Indianapolis. Yeah. And there are a lot of people in the league who are going, what in the world are you doing? Alan Hearns is a better player than Dante Moncrief. And and Moncrief got a one-year deal, I believe, for like $7 million, uh, maybe a little bit more. I think could maybe go up to ten uh, with incentives that are built in. But people are saying, why in the world would you pay that to Moncrief and, and not do that for Hearns? Because I think most people – would assess at this point, because Moncrief's had his injuries too, Sure, would assess at this point that, that Hearns is, is, is a better player. So, um, you know, th- there's going to be a lot of interest on him in the market, but Dallas, the, the impending snowstorm on the, in uh, the Northeast helps the Cowboys here because he was going to go to the Jets, canceled that uh, because of weather, couldn't get in. So now he's going to come here first. So if Dallas 
really he wants him, they won't let him leave the building. That was, but, this is God protecting then, America's team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they did at the Super Bowl when, uh, <laughs> when the snow hit during the Super Bowl or, <laughs> payback. or the uh, or the NBA All-Star game. Uh, but no, so that's um, – uh, but I find it interesting that now they've also scheduled to bring in Deontay Thompson, who earlier in the week said they wouldn't bring in, but now they're bringing in uh, the Buffalo guy, uh, receiver. Uh, again, a speed guy, um, late in his career, but he's kind of bloomed here late. Um, and, and they want, like I said earlier, I think they were looking at a speed threat and also uh, someone underneath, uh, like Inman, uh, the San Diego, who'd been in San Diego and then finished uh, last year, Darrell uh, Inman uh, finished last year in Chicago. Outstanding blocker, which sounds silly to say, but when you're a run-first team, they require their sure. wide receivers to block, and Inman is an outstanding blocker and an outstanding route runner. And I've long maintained that everyone talks about, well, you need speed you know, to, to open things up for Dak Prescott. I'm not sure. Sh- Speed is always good, and, and the more vertical you are, the more you can do horizontally with your offense. But I think Dak Prescott is very much of a a quick read guy who, as we've talked about, doesn't have a great deep arm. Uh, can throw the deep ball, but is not as consistent as you would like. And most of the time, he's going to be going first read, second read, third read, and whoever's open, he's going to get the ball to. In fact, I think part of his regression last year was because he was forcing the ball to Des too much when he wasn't open rather than just going through his reads. Now, I also think that Cole Beasley and Jason Witten weren't getting open and he wasn't getting a lot of help. I don't think no. there was anywhere for him to go. No. But, um, you know, and you do need some speed element over the top. But I, I just think a guy like Inman, if, if uh, Hearns doesn't work out and uh, Deontay Thompson doesn't work out, uh, and Justin Hunter, uh, the Tennessee receiver, who was a first-round pick back in 2014, I believe, is coming in. But it was really, because of injuries and other things, has not done much consistently in his career. I, I think the four receivers they're bringing in, he's fourth of the four. I, I think they wind up signing him. Uh, Who's I don't think who it went we well about? for them, Justin Hunter. Okay. Uh, Tennessee. So it, it seems to me, uh, because certainly what uh, Dez does do well as a physical receiver, he's a good blocker. Uh, yep. if, you're, if you're talking about bringing in Inman then, uh, these are all things that should be ominous to Des Bryant, shouldn't they? Well, and, and, and if they commit to, to drafting a, a wide receiver high, well, you're look. They've had the same receiving core for five years, yeah, and it's clearly in decline. And five years is an eternity in the NFL. And if you start, if you have the same group and they're in decline after five years, they're not going to get better. The arrow's not suddenly going to turn around and go up with the same group. So right. they need to address this. And you can tell by the fact they now have four white, you know, free agents coming in here over this 48-hour period. I don't think it's ominous for Des Bryant because all uh, Hearns, uh, Ingram, all of these guys are here to supplement and maybe, um, you know, take some things off of him. Ominous if you consider maybe he's going to get less opportunities than he's had in the past because these other guys are going to take some of those opportunities. That's that's. um, that's Dez, hugely that would be ominous, ominous. Yeah. Yeah, for, you know, for the team, for the sideline, everybody but the TV cameras, which will be... Well, they'll still be on Dez yeah. the they'll whole be, time. No, but yes, but yeah. they'll have a second camera on them now. Yeah. This will be crazy. So, Jonathan, let me ask you, as, a, as an outsider, and you heard a lot of opinions about Dez Bryant, what, is, what are your thoughts about him? Uh, well, me personally, um, I believe that I mean, he can still play you know, the game of football. Um, I think when I watch him play... Uh, I really just see – it seems like he only runs like 
two or three routes, like at week in, week out, uh, whether it be a, a comeback or a quick slant. Um, and I, I, I feel like they never really move them around enough, maybe to like scheme ways to get them the football, like with other, like other teams do. Um, in terms of what you know the salary is on him for thirteen million, I, I, I wouldn't pay him that. Me personally, just based on the production that I've seen the past couple of years, um, especially if the offense is going to be run heavy, um, you can obviously see if he'd restructure or take a pay cut, and you can go out and get some receivers. Um, I mean, if you look at the Eagles bringing in like Alshon Jeffrey or Torrey Smith, you know, just complimentary guys, but a Nelson Aguilar, they weren't getting paid a lot of money, but you were still getting production, you know, from the receiving core. So I don't believe that. Uh, somebody like Des Bryant, you know, paying thirteen million when you already need, you know, money to or where you already don't have a lot of cap space. Um, I think maybe they could possibly move on, but then if you do move on, you know, who would you go get? Because the receivers you mentioned, I don't. I mean, Deontay Thompson, Justin, uh, you know, journeyman guys. Um, you draft. The They're receiver. not number ones. Yeah, you draft the receiver. Now you have to wait on that. You know. That may take two to three years, um, so it's a very difficult, you know, situation. But uh, I mean, if I'm the Cowboys, uh, I at least see if we can maybe get him to take a pay cut or something. Yeah, there's no lead receiver out there on the market. I mean, again, if and and I know there are reports that they felt they were very close on Sammy Watkins. I don't know how close they were on Sammy Watkins, but now if they would have gotten him, it would have been to replace Dez. It yeah, wouldn't no have been question. to put the two of them together financially. You just couldn't have made it work any other way. But unless there is a trade, uh, they're not going to get a lead receiver in here now. And and that, that gets back to what we talked about, which is Dez's leverage. Um, you know what? You, you can add to me. Uh, but can you really subtract me and be a better receiving unit? And when you look at the landscape right now, I don't think that you can say, yes, you do. What because again, uh, well, yeah, you get somebody, but, but Ridley or DJ Moore are probably the top two guys. I don't think anyone envisions them stepping in uh, immediately and, and contributing at a, at a thousand yard level. Uh, who, who do we think? Well, I mean, because I've been meaning to do this, and I haven't done it yet. Uh, I've been meaning. I have a question. I've been meaning to ask. You wouldn't let me ask yeah, that yeah, question. We, we'll let from you last week. In a minute, yeah. From last yeah, week. Right. Of course, he wanted to ask it from last week when you yeah. were here, and you still couldn't. Yeah. Ask yeah. Is that uh, how many rookies have come in wide receivers and had a thousand yard season? There have been a few. I, I want to go back. I want to say like three or four, but it's, you know, it's always been sporadic. Yeah. Uh, you'll go sometime. You know, Terry Glenn came in and, and had a thousand yards as a rookie. And then I don't think anyone else did it. I think he was the first to do it when back when he did it when he came in the league in the early 2000s. I think he was the first guy to do it in 10, 11 years, something like that. And then you had a gap of like eight to nine years after Terry Glenn before someone came in and did it. So Odell Beckham was the most recent, maybe. Yeah, Be- Beckham is the most recent, yeah. So you don't have it that often. And, and even your you you look around and even your dominant guys, your Antonio Browns and your, you know um, – Julio, Julio Jones. Julio I, Jones. I think Julio. I think Julio had seven or eight hundred in his first year right offhand. So what I'm trying. Then then he had the big jump the next year. Went up to twelve, thirteen hundred. But but a lot of these guys don't hit until the second year, and it's just because uh, coverage schemes are different. I mean, it's so much more sophisticated than what you have the college level. You have you have slot corners who are better than any corner maybe the receiver faced. You know, it's just uh, much more sophisticated. Much more much more for a receiver. 
a rookie receiver to adapt and be productive in year one than a rookie running back. Oh, absolutely. Well, let me ask you this. What were, what were Dez's numbers last year? I believe last year he wound up, what, 800? I don't have him right in front of me, but I believe it was 800. Yeah, it seems like it was 800 to me and, what, four touchdowns? Four, yeah, and dropped four, down to four. Yeah, so 800 yards, four touchdowns. Does that sound like something Calvin Ridley could do as a rookie? Possibly, yeah. yeah. Now, now again, if you have Hearns, but, but, but then here's the other thing. Um, is Terrence Williams going to pick up the slack? You know, Terrence Williams had no touchdown receptions. <laughs> no, last there's year. no question about it. Uh, Cole Beasley had a big drop him. last year. Right. Um, right. Bryce Butler was actually your most effective guy, uh, but Should've very limited and didn't go to him a lot. Well, you could have brought him back after all he said in the offseason. Oh, come on, what's that? Come on. Just for the record, I went back because I have my iPad here. You got your iPad? What did you Julio say? Julio Jones caught uh, for 959 yards, but he only played in 13 games. Okay. How many touchdowns that year? How many touchdowns that year? Eight. Eight. Uh, I haven't seen numbers. Still. I, I'm thinking that probably when Julio came out, he was high, more highly regarded than Calvin Ridley. Uh, oh, no question. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, t- yeah, they moved up. Atlanta moved up and gave up a lot to go get him at the top of the draft. Oh, yeah. I, I think the Ridley's people- a guy who can draft, is going to, you know, drift into the mid-teens and possibly even, you know, into the, the t- early 20s. What about the SMU receiver? Courtland, Courtland Sutton. Sutton. Is he, is he he's still a, a first-round pick? Uh, he's kind of on the bubble for the first round. Um most places I've seen him, like second round, no. um, uh, down to mid second round, kind of late first to mid second. I saw a, a comparison on him uh, to Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, you know, big guy. Uh, I, I think he's going to be very productive. I think he's going to be a good player. I don't know if he's a number one, but I think he's going to be a very good player. Um, so, you know, that's a, always a possibility if the Cowboys could, uh, if they took something else in the first round. Uh, you know, if they if they were able to to trade up, which I think they would need to to get a guy like Derwin James, the, the safety from yeah, okay. Florida State. Yeah, you got to jump up high to get him. Uh, and uh, and then and then maybe you could, could take a Cortland Sutton in the second round if he lasted that long. You know, it's always a possibility. So I mean, you'll probably have to give up your second round pick to get up high enough in the first round to, to get Derwin one of James. those guys yeah. and you don't have a second round yeah so let's let's ask you that how many you know so right now as it stands they have 10 10, ten picks wow. uh so how many uh let's ask right now are they going to trade up in the first round i think there's a good chance you know they, they have not made a trade in the first round in the last four years which is probably uh, the longest stretch in the jones yeah. tenure yeah uh, the draft is going to be here. Um, you know, if I will say this, if and I, I don't think this is going to happen. If another team comes in and and structures an offer sheet to David Irving that makes it very difficult to match in year one because of where Dallas is on the cap, and they get a second round pick for Irving, I think it's a lock that then Dallas would have two second round picks. They would use they would package that with number nineteen to move up as far as they can go in the first round to make a splash and then still have a second-round pick. If that scenario unfolds, I don't think there's any question that the Cowboys move up in the first round. As it stands right now, um, I, I still think they could do something and, and move up. I think they would be inclined to do so. But, look, you know, we're sitting here, we're going, and it depends on, it's going to depend on how free agency plays out because you're saying, well, you know, uh, you need a linebacker, you need a receiver, you need a safety um, if you give up a second round pick, uh, or it could be a third round pick if you're only moving up a little bit. Yeah, let's but, go over the Jimmy but Johnson suddenly, chart. But now suddenly you do that and you go, you only have two picks right. in the first three rounds. Uh, and look, you, 
this is a good tight end draft. You need to come out of this draft with a tight end. So that's four positions already, and now you're saying you're only going to have two picks in the first three rounds. I think it would be hard to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Can I ask a tight end question now as long as you brought up tight end questions? Go ahead. All these rumors about Jason Witten, you know, it's been rumored that he's going to – TV go to TV or or at least have a uh, well, audition, try out and then figure an audition along with, a lot of people, yeah. along with a lot of other people. Do you see any way Jason Witten is not back with this team next year? I think it's highly unlikely, but I don't think it can be completely dismissed. I mean, if he gets in there and they love his audition and say you are clearly the guy. We know you want to play another year. Thursday night football, right? But this is what, Thursday night football. Oh, yeah. you, but this is know, what we're no willing to offer Monday you. night football. There's there's a lot of stuff going on. This is what we're willing to offer you with an expanding role that will not be here next, next year, year if you don't take this. Then he has a decision he didn't know he had two months ago, or even last month um, at his uh, when he gave his award. Um, you know his, his collegiate award, which is basically a, the equivalent of the Gale Sayers Award. Uh, in colleges for the the first time uh, he was talking then I mean clearly he, he's coming back there was no question but uh, this presents him with a decision that he didn't know he would have all of that being said I still think the most likely scenario by a significant percentage is that he returns I'd be shocked if he didn't come back well I know but as as David alluded to or David said these openings come by yeah. rarely. There, there are two major openings now. We, we haven't even talked about the Monday Night Football opening. He's such a grinder, though. He's, a, he's just such a guy who, who loves the life so much. I just have a hard time seeing him give that up. But we don't know what Tony Romo said to him, uh, golfer Tony Romo, that is. Who's yeah, and, and, and I will, but I will also say, too, I think this factors in. I, I don't think when he has thought about his post-football career, I don't necessarily know that being in the booth has been the top of his options. So to me, that's another thing. If, if this was, if he had always wanted to go to the booth and this comes open, I think it's a it's an even more difficult decision for him. But I, I think he's really kind of looked more along the lines of, of coaching and yeah. staying involved in that way versus the booth. Now, I'm not saying you can't still get to coaching from the booth, and, and in some ways it enhances you and keeps you in touch and and uh, gives you an even higher profile that will help you. It doesn't hurt him in any, in any way, but I don't think he ever laid out his path. And again, this is not to say he wouldn't do it, but it just means that it's going to take more time to come to grips with it. And maybe it's not, uh, you know, look, if he had a coaching job that was presented to him right now that he could have that he's always wanted, would that be more likely to persuade him to give up next year? I think Probably, yeah, me too. But don't don't uh, denigrate or don't put down what a booth means to getting into the Hall of Fame. If you're if you're in the booth, I think I'm going to go back and look at this someday. I believe it it helps you a lot. It keeps you in the keeps you in the public keep you in the public eye to get into the Hall of Fame. And I think that's his next major. Goal. I think that that's, after Super Bowl, I think that's certainly viable. But you got to understand this guy. This is a different guy. To me, he's the Dirk Nowitzki of the Cowboys. Absolutely, and and yep. uh, just as decent and honorable. Not as goofy as Dirk. Not as goofy as Dirk <laughs> as as anybody. And, and you know. You know what he's like to talk. He talk to anybody. He talks to. He'll talk to me. He talks, he talks to you. Talks to us. Yeah. So so you know, and he's just as polite. And and and, and to me. In the booth, first of all, 
it, it helps a little bit. If you're, if you, it's one thing if you're Jim Nance and you, and you're the, you're the play-by-play guy. But if you're supposed to be the analyst, I have a hard time envisioning Jason Witten saying anything bad about anybody or, 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 or being critical of something. And he's so pure of heart to me. The, the, the idea that he would coach, the reason he would want to coach, besides the fact that he loves football, is he thinks he'd be helping people. And I don't think he would thinks he thinks he'd be helping people in the booth. And and just the what motivates him, I I I far more see him. I'm not saying he wouldn't be tempted by this booth. Would he have more time to spend with his family if he was in yeah, the booth? Yeah, sure, okay. sure, sure. I know all those things are, are true. I'm just saying that I'm not saying he won't do it. I'm just saying that I I'd be shocked. I, I think he stays and plays football as long as he can, and then he and then he then his second choice would be coaching, and the third choice would be TV. Barry brings up an interesting point here, and, and we talked about this a little bit last week, um, that that was where I think Tony Romo was so shrewd with his decision last year. He looked out at the broadcasting landscape and went, okay, everyone still loves Peyton Manning and he's not in, but that doesn't mean he's not going to jump in at some point. Right. Uh, Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers are going to be in the mix sooner rather than later. I need to get in ahead of these guys. Yeah. Um, and And – and this is interesting, you know. Now Jason Witten could look at it that way too, but Jason Witten would have to be outstanding for a network to go, "Oh, well, we're not going to bring in Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers." Oh no, 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 oh, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, that, yeah. He, he's and, clearly. And it not would be a more. Way. It would be a different niche. It would be a much more limited niche than what any of those guys would. Oh, we're, would we're not talking command. about a number one booth sure, here sure. either. So you're talking about a Daryl Johnson, which is yeah, yeah. Outstanding. Yeah, different. Yeah. All right, so now let, let's uh, let's move on from the tight end thing. Uh, let's get over what you were talking about with the offensive linemen. No, Jonathan to... Cooper signed with the 49ers. Uh, the 49ers are making big splashes in free agency. They signed Richard Sherman, and now they've signed uh, Jonathan Cooper. Um, and the Cowboys are not signing anybody. Signed a quarterback to a long-term big dollar. Yes, they did. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, they did. He did. He did a fine job for the 49ers. Uh, they think they have their quarterback of the future. So are the Cowboys going to sign one of these free agent offensive linemen? Uh, are they going to sign a tackle and move Lyle Collins back to, gu- to the left guard where he played a couple years ago and was very good uh, uh, at times? Um, although Ron Larry, uh, beat this is him a out question there. we should have asked earlier in the podcast. <laughs> or we were on offensive line before, or, you, before you jumped, took it back to tight ends, or, or will they was. will they draft an offensive? Will they draft a guard? What what are they going to do in the offensive the offensive line this year? Oh, I, I think that uh, I can see him draft well. They have so many other needs. I was going to say I can see him drafting a, a, a guard, but it would be it would be third day. I don't see him doing anything in the first couple of days in the offensive line. They've just committed too much there and have too many other uh, needs and, and too many other positions where if they take someone in those first two days, they're going to step in and make a contribution before the linemen. Uh, they'll sign. They'll sign. In my, I believe they'll sign two free agents, uh, offensive linemen. Uh, I believe. Uh, They'll sign one of the New England guys, um, and everyone is assuming that that will move Lyle Collins back to guard, and this uh, whichever New England tackle they take will start at right tackle. Right. Um, I could see that scenario, but I don't think it's I don't think it's a lock. I, I, I do think I do think there's a sentiment in the organization that they feel that Lyle Collins' ceiling is higher at guard than it is at right tackle. Uh, he played pretty well at right tackle last year, um, but I think they just feel he's more dominant uh, on the interior. 
Uh, I, I think it's much like Zach Martin. You know, when they brought Zach Martin in here, it was with the intentions of, well, we'll just use him at guard for a year and then move him out to tackle. And he was so dominant at guard, they went, you never hear about them moving him to tackle anymore. Um, you know, he, look, Zach Martin would still be the team's best right tackle, mm-hmm. you know, if they moved him out. But but when, do you want to move the the best guard in the league out to another position, even though he would be probably one of the top five to six right tackles in the league? You know, they've determined no. So the the thing they need to do with Lyle Collins, they need to make a determination now. They don't want to get into what they've, they've hit with – uh, Byron Jones and others, where you move the guy around so much, uh, he never settles into one position, and you always go, "Oh well," but you know he has—he's kind of a safety. Oh, is he a corner? Uh, they need uh, this is a the year they, you know, Lyle Collins has played guard and right tackle in the league. They need to say, you know what, we're going to put you at one or the other and go from there. Um, you know, Stephen Jones has always been big, and again, he said again in Indianapolis that. Um, and, and the writing was on the wall there. He said, we have four very good offensive linemen. We just need to get a fifth and then just settle them in and go. We just play our best five regardless of who they are, just you know, figure out positions later. Um, but aren't we in an era where you need – more than more than just the five. I mean, well, I think that was pretty clear last year. Wasn't yes, it? that's sure. that's the left tackle when Tyron Smith yeah. went down. That's yeah. why I think they're going to sign two and, and, and still take one in the draft. And and you still have look. I know no one wants to hear this, <laughs> but you still have Chaz Green. That here. was my question. I forgot <laughs> to ask you last week. And they're not going to bail on him now. I mean, they may bail on him at the end of the contract, but now they'll they'll keep him there as a as a backup. They invested a third round draft pick in him. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, and so uh, you know. It's not set in stone yet. And again, they've been very curious with how they've gone with Lyle Collins. Because if you remember at this time last year, when people were saying, well, why don't you move him out to right tackle and go with Cooper or one of these other guys inside? That makes more sense. They were going, no, no, we want to keep him at guard. We want to keep him at guard. And then they were still saying they were going to keep him at guard. And several of us bumped into um, Lyle Collins at a North Texas Food Bank event in the spring like two weeks into the uh, organized team activities, and we asked him about it, and he said, oh, yeah, I've been working at Tackle exclusively for two weeks. <laughs> and, and just like earlier, they're going, no, we haven't decided what we're going to do with him yet. And they were saying, you know, then they came back, well, we hadn't made the decision. We just wanted to see how he looks out there before we make a decision. <laughs> yeah. So clearly you need to be they, getting they, out and bumping they, into people. But my, but my belief, so my belief is they'll say we haven't made the decision when OTAs begin, they'll move Collins back at left guard. They'll put the New England guy they sign out at right tackle and see how it looks and go from there. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, because of the problems, the biggest problem in the offensive line last year was when Tyron Smith had uh, problems yeah. Yeah. Uh, physically. You think? Yeah. And then and they, they tried two different guys over there, uh, two busts, uh, to play left tackle in his absence. And and we don't really know. And these are chronic back problems that uh, that Tyron Smith has. And we'll say very quickly that I don't know of a team in the league that has a quality backup left tackle. No, no, I, <laughs> absolutely, know? absolutely. I mean, it's, there's but, just not one. You can't you can't put the money in there. No, you right. can't. But, but, but you, you have to have a, a contingency plan. plan, a functional. You have to have a, a functional function, guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, but you also have to have a contingency exactly. plan. I think long, moving somebody long term. And this is what I'm wondering about. Uh, if you know, because there's been a lot of talk about giving Zach Martin that extension because uh, he'll be a free agent after this year, mm-hmm. and going ahead and getting that done now. Um, don't the Cowboys have to do that? And and I know we talked about the fact about how successful he's been at guard, and he is considered the best guard in the game. But uh, if Tyron Smith continues to have back problems, if his career, let's say, is cut short because of that, uh, 
wouldn't you consider the possibility of moving him to left tackle? He played left tackle at Notre Dame. Yeah, I think if if it happened within a season, early in a season, and you knew you were going to go for two and a half months without Tyron Smith, I think they would reluctantly tinker with that at that point. But again, you know, everything he's done, everything Zach Martin's done has been on the right side. You know, it's right guard, it's right, right. tackle. Uh, right. That's a big, that's a big adjustment. And just, sure. just, just firing off on the other side, just that you would, you would assume it would be, let's say, at least a half a second slower as far as firing or, or readjusting because then you're, it's not instinct. You have to think and you have to, it goes against all of your training. Uh, I think it'll be a pretty difficult thing to do, but if, it, if they were desperate, they would do it. I mean, he'll be he'll be the best op. But I, again, I think they their goal would be to get in one of these swing tackles in here, and they would go with him over there and 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 make do. I, I, in, in, on a temporary basis, but I'm saying on a long. Let's say Tyron Smith's long career term. was over; it was done. He's not coming yeah. back. Would they consider moving Zach to to left tackle then to to go into a season that he'd have a whole off season to prepare for it? I, I think they would still be. I think they would be inclined to. Okay, we got to take a left tackle as draft. high as we can in the draft yeah. and make it work there, yeah. uh, because this guy is. If you take one of the most dominant, or arguably the most dominant player in the league at his position and move him over where he's not as effective, and then you move someone else into his position who is not going to be as effective as you are, as Zach Martin was. You're basically diminishing your offensive line at two positions. Yes, so but, that's what they do. But, uh, but contrary but I to that, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. You still have to be functional, and you have, if that's the best option, you do it. I think they would look at every other option before determining that's the best option. I think they could, but they also did that with Larry Allen. He moved around a lot, yeah. and he was a, and he was curve. a prototypical guard. He was, yeah. But but they did move him around a lot. I I just think that if this is the, especially if you're investing a lot of money in it, he's going to cost a lot of money. He's going to cost you more than Tyron Smith. After oh, this sure. extension gets done, sure. And so uh, I, I think we, we, the, I know the way Jerry thinks. If I'm investing the most money in this, I guy, want him at the, at the primo uh, position. Uh, yes, that's exactly right. I'm sure Jerry would be pushing that. So I, I think it's uh, certain, certain, certainly something they would consider and and probably should consider because he did play it in college. I know that's a different thing, a different animal, but he did he has played it before. Um, and uh, I, I think that's sure it, he could it, do it. You just wrestle with the sure you know, I, you know, I, the, I, and the I, dominance I, factor and being the best at a position versus just getting you by at a position. I, 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 I certainly agree with that. That's what you want to do is putting a guy positions where they maxim, you know, maximize their potential the most. And so let's because of that, and that's a nice segue into at, at linebacker here. Uh, we've seen you know talk from the outside and the inside, and you know obviously letting Anthony Hitchens go because he was getting Kansas City gave him too much money. I believe it was nine million a year. Is that what it was? The average is nine million a year. Yeah. So uh, that was for too- an outstanding player, but one who has not made a Pro Bowl. I mean. Th- in Dallas's, def- I mean, you know, th- there is no way Dallas should have paid. What you, they Kansas can't. City they did. can't hang on to players. You can't. No, you can't. You, you have which to which is on. why you have to draft well, and you yeah. have to you have to go into years where you find uh, your Justin Durant's and your other you know stopgap guys for a year until you rebuild that position in the draft, and you go younger, and then and then maybe you go four or five years where you don't have to address that position in the draft or free agency. And, and it's always a moving target on how you do that. Well, and he was a fourth-round pick. And I remember yeah. when they got him uh, reading uh, some draft information, they said, oh, it is, he was a sixth or seventh-round pick. And he was a lot better than a sixth or seventh. He was better than a fourth. Yeah. Uh, so they, they hit on him. That's Very good play. And, again, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what his numbers are in Kansas City where – 
Because you're placing Sean Derek Lee. Johnson. Well, and where, but, but where, you know, if Sean Lee hadn't have been here, I mean, he got some huge numbers when Sean Lee was out. If, uh, and I know people always talk about Sean Lee's injuries, but he hadn't missed that many games. Sean Lee hadn't missed that mm-hmm. many games over the last two seasons. Uh, if you would have, you know, Sean Lee was getting to plays a half a step or a quarter of a step before Anthony Hitchens was getting there. I mean, you know, Lee was making the play and getting the tackles a lot of times, but Hitchens was right there. And if you hadn't had Lee, Hitchens would have gotten the the stats. So I think he's – it will be interesting to see what his stats are in a defense where he doesn't have Sean Lee, you know, gobbling up some of those numbers. I I think he's going to have an outstanding year statistically. So if uh, the the feeling seems to be from what I read uh, is that that Jalen Smith would be better off playing the middle linebacker. Uh, do you what do you what are you no. hearing out there with the Cowboys and what he might do? Well, I think ideally he suited the strong side linebackers right. as best because there you could rush him. Um, he's he's been problematic in coverage up to this point. The now the issue there is you don't play your strong side linebacker. He's not on the field that often. I mean mm-hmm. it's uh, so so I think you're probably looking at maybe he you know he's a hybrid. He does middle and strong side so you can get. Uh, the the numbers say I, I think they would still um, look if, if you could get a, a dominant middle linebacker you do it and you make it and look I I've always thought Jalen Smith at his best and we don't know if he'll return to his best physically but um, he he gives you a pass rushing element I don't think any of the other linebackers do and you can move him and and do some things with him to rush the passer. Uh, that I don't think you can do with, with Sean Lee or you couldn't have done with Anthony Hitchens or uh, uh, what you have now with Damian Wilson. So I, I think he will – look, internally they seem to be higher on Jalen Smith than anyone on the outside who watched him this past year. Is that Jerry optimism? Or it's not, it's is, not is, just Jerry. It goes past Jerry. Because, you know, you know, you know the, the Jerry, he's going to hit on, on the, the dry well. Jason yeah. loves him. Yeah, it's not just Jerry. I mean, you talk to a lot of guys, and they, they marvel at – the level he was able to obtain coming back from such a devastating injury and the fact he was able to be as productive as what he was, I think people have so much respect for him in that building, they just assume and in blind faith go, well, no, this guy's going to get back and he's going to be the dominant player that we saw because they they marvel at how far he has come along. Mm -hmm. But Again, you just wonder how much of that is an emotional response versus just a step back and look at it strictly from what your eyes tell you. Well, even if, even if he's made a remarkable comeback, is that enough? Exactly. Is the question. You know, you, yeah. It's a remarkable you, you, comeback you, you, just you, to get you, back on yeah, the field. Yeah, you marvel that he's back right. on the field, but is, you need more. When you, watch, when you watch uh, you know, the replays and things and you see how on um, plays down the field or when a running backs turn the corner and he's not closing the gap on them, yeah. you know, and, uh, and, uh, and as you said, I think on, on straight ahead, mm-hmm. you know, then he's probably fine. That's why he makes yeah. a good pass rusher. But when he has to go side to side now, when he has to go back, you know, he re- he really seems to struggle, and and so and sometimes it's not yeah. just his physical thing. And sometimes I think it's he's just not recognizing things either. Yeah. and uh, I thought he started should. recognizing a little better later in the season, which was a good sign. Which is one thing people internally are, are, are focusing on, and and he wasn't playing as much again late, and so he wasn't overexposed and yeah. not as tired physically. And uh, internally, I can just tell you that that they're still very high on this guy. I think he's an impact, still going to be an impact player for them. And they will say, look, not just the devastating injury, 
But this guy didn't play for a year. Right, I right. I mean, he missed an entire year and came back, and his body felt different. And he still, while he didn't make all of these plays, he put himself in position to make plays. And they feel that now that he knows what his body is like, feels like, and it's going to be different and reacts differently. And he's had a year after a year away from football. And and again, look, they didn't want to throw him in as early as they did, but they did because Anthony Hitchens got hurt and missed the first four games. Right. Um, you know, if if Hitchens had been healthy early and they would have brought Jalen Smith along the way they had wanted to, I think the percept the outside perception of him would have been much different because I think they would have used him, you know, nineteen to twenty five snaps a game. Um, you would have you would have seen some of those flash plays and go, wow, this guy has something and. I think they would have been able to methodically build his confidence and get him back physically to where he needs to be. But I think instead what you saw was uh, he got torn down a little bit mentally and physically early in the season with how much he played and then had to like build his way back up. Now, that may, long term, that may be the best thing for him, but I don't know that it was the best thing for him or the defense last year. So if we're looking at the Cowboys' defense now, and, and certainly there's, as we said before, I, I could see them picking just about anything in the first round depending on where they end up. Um, but um, in the draft, uh, give me the top four things you think they need to get. In, in no particular order. We can order them after we throw them out. But it'll be receiver, tight end, safety, linebacker. Okay. And then order them. Now order them. Um, it doesn't to me that depends on who you got which yeah who, it, it depends available. on and that's the thing it's going to depend on who's there in the first and that starts the domino effect well you're not going to take a tight end with that first pick no but but i you need to tie in i would say i would put tight end third on the list yeah uh, the linebacking core is pretty good this year linebacking class yeah the linebacking class and then the tight end class is outstanding they've got to come out of this this draft with a, a tight end and they don't have to take it in the first two rounds the depth is so good at tight end and look jason Witten was the third round pick I'm not going to say they're going to get another Hall of Fame potential linebacker, I mean, tight end out of the third round, but uh, you can get a very good player in the third round at tight end. So I would, I would put, um, the, the way they order things, I would put wide receiver or linebacker, either one first, mm-hmm. whoever's the best player there, uh, go with the other position after that. Um, and then just because of this – Draft, I would say tight end and then safety. Now, I, I don't know how deep it is. There's some good safeties, but not. I think you'd have to get them high. So the thing is, if you have safety fourth on that list, I don't know that you're really going to upgrade the position the way you would want. And I think that's what they're going to run into. They're going to have to prioritize and go, okay, you know, traditionally they have undervalued the safety position here. Right. Uh, just Except like they Roy do that Williams. one defensive For, tackle. Forever, yeah. even before. Well, they drafted Roy Williams high. Yeah. Well, since yeah, Woodson was the last, but again, and he was a different. He was a hybrid guy. He was a much different safety than what he's what safeties are now. But he wasn't what safeties were then, right? As far as playing in the nickel and doing the things they did with him. So if they don't take a safety high, uh, I, I find it hard to believe a fourth round pick is going to come in and start. Uh, so they, are they going to go with the this uh, the same safeties? No, Byron Jones is being subtracted from that group. Go back with back Heath. You go Kayvon Frazier. Um, you know, Heath is like one of the longest tenured guys on the defense now. <laughs> yeah. You know, after Sean Lee, I, I think Heath is the longest tenured guy. Is that right? The, I think so. Him and Tyron, yeah, him and Tyron Smith. I mean, wow. uh, after Sean Lee and Tyron Smith, I think Heath is the longest tenured defensive player. Um, so they'll go, 
They'll go Heath. Uh, and again, they're, they're going to go under the belief that, you know, if you have a outstanding defensive line that, but, but look, I also go back to, there's a reason they've gotten less turnovers than all these other teams over the last three years. And it's because their safeties don't get anything for them. The safeties are the guys who, who should get some stuff. For right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think they're wrestling with that. I think they acknowledge and recognize that we can make some plays we haven't made defensively here. If we just upgrade and get a, a playmaking safety in here, um, but I think I, they also feel that they can get by with uh, who they have back there now uh, with, from what they saw. I think they like the rotation at the end of the year, what Kayvon Frazier gave them. Uh, they like Xavier Woods. They, they, he's a very instinctual player. Uh, they think Keith can make some plays. Uh, I would expect them to draft another safety this year for, for competition. And, look, when you go in some of those hybrid packages, nickel and dimes, I mean, in essence, Byron Jones can still play a safety position for you even if he's playing corner more. So I think they feel that um, schematically they can they can make that work. So um, just the way they have devalued the position through the years, I think that's probably lower on their list. But I tell you what, if they were in position to take like Derwin James, I mean, it's like, why, why wouldn't you do that? And I would argue you could do that over a, a linebacker. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Uh, James is big athletic safety. I think he's going to go in the top ten. So. Yeah. Probably and and but I, I so on the Jimmy Johnson chart, which I expect you to have memorized by now. Uh, what would it take for them from nineteen to trade up into the first? Let's say they were going to trade to eight. Would that take a one and a two, or would it take something else besides that? We'll take at least a one and a two, and 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 you know you also have to look at at each year what's going on, and now uh, look at what teams have given up already to jump up into right. the top half of the draft. You know, so. Um, but I would think a two would would get you in that range. You may have to sweeten it with one of those other picks or a player, but yeah. I think you close. could probably get in the top ten with that. All right, well, we're going to have to wrap this up because we've got people infringing upon our territory here. Uh, I news. think they would view it the opposite. They would say we're infringing on their territory. <laughs> That's quite all right. Anyway, we've had David Moore in the studio with us today, which has been a beautiful thing. It's been uh, a treat. It's been a treat. <laughs> Talk you, a, you didn't bring any treats for us, by the way. Yeah. I did not. Talk about Cowboys Insider. We had uh, our UNT uh, shadowing intern here. Uh, Do you Jonathan. like being called a shadow? <laughs> it works for now. Yeah, that's true, man. He's <laughs> shadowing us. That's what he's doing. Uh, and so we have talked about a lot of things. We've also talked to, to Tim Brando about uh, college basketball. And the, and he likes the A&M. 16. He that's, likes A&M. Yeah. He likes them going all the way. He likes, he likes them, them going to the Final Four. Final Four. Don't, don't. Well, yeah. He likes them getting to the, to the championship game, though. Yeah. But he doesn't have them winning against Villanova. No. Yeah. So, anyway. And we're also going to have a Rangers podcast uh, without Evan Grant, which ought to be a lot of fun. It's a plus. Yeah, it's a plus. Big upside there. It always goes better that way. Yeah, absolutely. It goes, yeah. Absolutely does. So on behalf of everybody here and uh, to everybody out there, we'll see you next time. I like that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.